Welcome to Punk Rock Personal Development, a podcast about getting your shit together and creating a life you love. I'm your host, Sarah Stars, and every week I speak to inspiring badasses about the nitty gritty of how they live with passion and purpose. My guests and I might embrace a bit of woo woo every now and again, but we also get really honest about what it takes to grapple with your demons, transform your life, truly accept yourself, and strike out in the direction of your dreams. Because personal development only works if you do. That's what's so punk rock about it. Hello, and welcome to Punk Rock Personal Development, episode 15. You can access all of the show notes for this episode at Sarah Stars, that's S-T-A-R-R-S, sarahstars.com slash podcast slash 15. So usually I start every episode by sharing something that I'm obsessed with that's making my life better. But if I'm totally honest, I'm just not obsessive enough to have something new for you each and every week. I'd rather save it for something really special. And I think it'd be a lot more fun to hear what you're obsessed with and what you're doing to make your life better. So to let me know, send an email to hello at sarahstars.com and I might feature it in a future episode. Today's interview is with Kathleen Shannon, co-owner of Braid Creative and co-host of the Being Boss podcast. Not only is Kathleen a badass boss lady, but she's a deeply spiritual and inspiring person. We talk about so much in this episode, including Kathleen's daily routines, her spiritual beliefs and practices, what she does to unwind, why she took up bodybuilding and then chose to pursue boxing instead, and so much more. She's always experimenting with new passions and ideas to design a life she loves. There's a lot of inspiration to dig into in this episode. Hey Kathleen, how are you doing today? Good, how are you Sarah? I'm really good, thanks, and thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me on. So for anyone who doesn't know you, can you start by sharing a bit of your story? What are you doing with your life these days? Ah, the big question. (laughs) What am I doing with my life? So um, right now I own Braid Creative and Consulting with my sister, Tara. And I also have a podcast called Being Boss that I co-host with a good friend, Emily Thompson. Um, We also work together all the time. So that's what I'm really up to. I also have a husband and a almost two-year-old boy named Fox. So I have a lot of life stuff happening too. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm up to these days. And I know that you started out working in advertising. So what led you to chart your own path and start a business with your sister? Oh, gosh. So I was working in advertising as a art director. And really with graphic design being a huge um, emphasis and focus in my career. And whenever I was working in advertising, I started a blog to document Um, remodeling an old historical home with my then boyfriend, who is now my husband. And I wanted to create a blog to really document and share that story of remodeling our house, but also a place to gather inspiration um, and share what I was up to. So I started this blog and 
soon the house was remodeled and we decided to get married. So I didn't really do the whole like blogging about getting ready for the wedding. I just blogged about the wedding after the fact. And I had designed my own wedding invitations that were really funky, kind of Wes Anderson inspired. And through that, I started attracting a lot of offbeat brides who wanted me to design their wedding invitations too. So I was still working in advertising, but doing these wedding invitations on the side. And it was really fun just to do design for design's sake. But uh, eventually I started getting enough business on the side that it kind of made sense to maybe quit my job. Also, at the same time, the landscape of advertising was changing. I had been in the game for five years and I was um, kind of sick of using my talents to create work for companies that I didn't really, not that I didn't care about them, because I did. And I started to develop close relationships with the marketing directors I was working with. But, you know, I mean, I wasn't passionate about doing graphic design for credit unions, for example. So I wanted to really start following my passion. And um, blogging was a huge part of it and kind of just taking these journeys and sharing it along the way. So um, I started blogging about freelancing and kind of accidentally positioned myself as an expert in working for yourself, even though I had never done that before. I was just kind of sharing the journey along the way. So about a year into freelancing, my sister, who was also a creative director at an advertising agency, and we had actually worked together in advertising. She had been there for 13 years, though. Um, she decided through a lot of coaching and some soul searching of her own to quit her job and team up with me. So that's how we started Braid Creative and Consulting. And we thought that we might just continue to work with marketing directors with budgets at things like credit unions. But I told her, I said, I have a place in my heart for creative entrepreneurs and I would love to continue to find a way to work with creatives, um, even if it's just a side passion project that doesn't make us a lot of money. Needless to say, we have never once worked with a credit union, and <laughs> we have made a pretty good living um, working only with creative entrepreneurs. That's awesome and really inspiring. And so you're this badass boss lady, but you also make no qualms that you embrace a bit of woo-woo. So I'd love to hear about a typical day in your life. What are the routines and rituals that anchor your day? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think being a badass boss and, and embracing the woo-woo are at all mutually exclusive. Um, but, I mean, I guess I'll just describe my day a little bit. Um, and I don't know how much of it is very woo-woo or very badass boss. But I typically <laughs> wake up between um, 6 and 7 a.m., just kind of depending on the time of year and how early the sun is coming up and how early my baby decides to wake up. <laughs> and um, the first thing I do is is cuddle my little babe. He, I love the way he smells in the morning and his little messy bed head. So I usually cuddle him first thing in the morning, and we get up and make breakfast together as a family. Um, my husband is responsible for making the tea and coffee and Fox's waffle. And then I'm responsible for making some oatmeal. And we always have a long breakfast. That's always been a routine of ours. And uh, usually we're all on our screens. Me and my husband are usually on our laptops or Kindles reading something. Um, my kiddo is the bomb at navigating the iPad. So he's usually on his <laughs> iPad watching something. And um, from there, we get ready for our work day. I'll usually drop Fox off at daycare. 
and I go to boxing after that. Um, that's something I've really gotten into. And whenever it comes to woo-woo, I find that working out is the one of the only things that really clears my mind. And right now that is boxing. I've been boxing since April, but I love it. And I want to become a professional fighter, <laughs> maybe. Anyway, um, so I go to boxing and I'm thinking about nothing but boxing and just sweating and just moving moving those emotions through my body and but also at the same time clearing my mind and getting a really good workout. Um, after that, I usually come back and take a shower. I might walk down to Starbucks with my sister, um, who actually happens to live pretty much across the street from me. We'll take a walk down to Starbucks and grab a coffee and talk about things, or I might listen to a podcast while walking to Starbucks. So at this point, I'm like doing no work until around 10 a.m. <laughs> uh, and then from there, I usually go into a meeting or I'm recording a podcast or I'm I feel like email is like my whole day every day and that's something I'm battling yeah. and struggling with right now. I'll be emailing or but but what I really love doing is right now recording podcasts or um writing blog posts or writing newsletters for Braid Creative. That's where my heart is. Um from there I might have lunch. It's funny since working for myself I don't I'm not as diligent about taking like a solid lunch hour, but as you can see, my morning is pretty chill, so I'm ready to be working at this point. And then I'll usually go pick up my son around between four and five, um, and we'll hit up the grocery store, come home, make some dinner, maybe walk to the park as a family once my husband gets off work. We will um, usually have a little bit of a dance party in the living room. <laughs> And, and then after that, I put my kiddo, well, I give him a bath and then I put him to bed and my husband and I usually watch some Netflix. I'm not shy about my shows. Like you can, there's a lot of screens in my life. So as woo woo as I am, I love myself some entertainment and some TV. Um, and then I'll go to bed. So that's kind of how it goes. I love that. Um, I was interviewing Megan Watterson last week for the podcast and she was talking, you know, she's a spiritual writer and a, a theologian but she was talking about how her favorite one of her favorite routines is binge watching Netflix and it's all about balance isn't it we need those ways to to connect with other parts of ourselves or even just switch off totally and I feel like there's this you know trend in killing your tv and turning it off but I love as a creative entrepreneur I love television shows and I love really good stories and I love the production quality, and sometimes I even get lost thinking about how did they make that? Like, sometimes I can't get lost in the show because I'm so busy thinking about, wow, I wonder what it was like to direct that, or I wonder how the writers, you know, came to that. I wonder what their creative process was, and I find myself really digging into the behind the scenes, and I get so curious about it, but yeah, yeah I, I absolutely. love watching Netflix. And I mean, in a strange way, it can be a really good way to connect with someone. Like my husband and I have the shows that we only watch with each other so that, you know, you get really invested in the storyline and it becomes this really fun time where you maybe sit down and have some chocolate and watch a show and then That's exactly how, what like, we crazy do. It is. We yeah. eat chocolate, what are you guys watching we eat right chocolate now? and watch shows. 
Right now, we, what just are you finished, we just finished watching Fear the Walking Dead, which I don't know entirely how I feel about. And we just started the new season of The Walking Dead. So lots of zombies. But it's funny, since having the baby, I've become really physically sensitive to violence. So I have a hard time watching um, anything that's too terribly gory. But I also love... Um, Orange is the New Black, and I cannot wait for the next season of Transparent to come out on Amazon Prime. And then I think there's a show on HBO called Togetherness. I think that's what it's called, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so, yeah, and then uh, we were always watching The Daily Show every day. Jon Stewart just retired from that show, and so I'm trying to get into the new host, Trevor Noah, but jury's still out. <laughs> <laughs> Change like that is hard. Yeah, totally. How about you? So, what are you watching? Oh, we just finished a mini documentary series from HBO called The Jinx, which was so good about this man who'd been um, accused of murder. Well, three murders, actually, in the United States. And yeah, that was absolutely mesmerizing. Because um, I guess a recent Ryan Gosling movie had been based on this story. And so then the, uh. the director of that wanted to dive into the story more by interviewing the actual guy. And it was very chilling and creepy. And then we've dived into more chilling and creepy stuff by starting to watch the first season of Fargo. Which oh, really gives me heebie-jeebies. It's really, really good. but um, Is it related yeah, a couple... to the movie? Is it like along the same... Yeah, I so I haven't actually seen the movie, which I keep being chastised about, but apparently it is. Um, there's a lot of parallels between it, and um, it is based on the film. All right. So yeah, I would definitely check that out, but it is quite creepy. There's a couple times when I was like, ooh, a bit violent, but uh, not for long not for long periods. Okay. More just creepy. All right, I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So going back to the woo-woo, I guess, have you always been a spiritual person? And what has that journey looked like for you? Oh my gosh. I literally just had a three-hour conversation with a good friend of mine this morning about this. So that's what my life looked like today. After I dropped my kiddo off, I went and had a three-hour coffee chat with a good friend um, who I trust with talking these spiritual matters with. But it's it's funny because... I would say, well, ugh, I don't know how much of this story to get into, but around the time... Okay, so here's the deal. I'm in Oklahoma City, and the spirituality here in general as a culture is very dogmatic, right? Um, you can only imagine living in a place referred to as the Bible Belt. So <laughs> I, I would go to church with friends whenever I was younger, like around the age of eight, and... After visiting a few churches, like the church that we went to, my brother would get beat up by other kids going to church after Sunday school, or we would get made fun of for kind of being weirdos, which we always have been. Um, so I decided around the age of eight that if what it meant to be a Christian was hateful or about fire and brimstone or about... Um, making people feel excluded or wrong, that that's, that wasn't for me. So at that point, I kind of considered myself um, atheist or agnostic. Whenever I was a teenager, I started getting really interested in, I would say, more 
kind of earth magic Wicca kind of stuff, as most teenagers or maybe a lot of the teenagers I was hanging out with do. Um, so I was really interested in that, but I still didn't feel like I had like a good rule book. Like, how does it work? So I would say uh, probably in my mid-20s, I started tuning back into my spiritual side um, after years and years of just kind of not thinking about it or referring to myself more as an atheist or agnostic. And I've always believed in the good in people, and that was kind of my spirituality. And then I started becoming really fascinated with coincidence, and I kind of considered coincidental moments my religion and and I always thought that they were very special and magical and then um towards my late 20s I really started kind of thinking about the universe and I put that in quotes there's a really funny Amy Schumer skit on (laughs) the universe is actually have you seen it I don't think so I just was thinking of one that I don't know if you know who Bill Nye is Bill Nye the science yeah yeah Okay, well, I'll make sure I find the Amy Schumer and the Bill Nye, because Bill Nye has one which is basically about how the universe is just designed to help middle-class white women get whatever they want, and it's quite funny. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly it. It's the Amy Schumer-Bill Nye skit. Oh, so, yeah, okay, that's... I don't remember her being in it, but it might be because I didn't know who she was then. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, so that's her sketch, and it's hilarious. So, um, and it and it definitely was a fun way to poke fun at myself, too, because I use, I talk about the universe all the time in that way. But I started really tuning into the universe, and, um, and, and books like, um, is it Paulo Coelho, who wrote The Alchemist? And things like that, I started I started reading more spiritual, almost self-help kind of stuff. I started becoming really fascinated with, including Brene Brown, for example, and her TED Talk on vulnerability. And I just feel like the conversation in general around me was a lot around spirituality, but spirituality in a way that is integrated in work and life and all of it. So whenever I was little, in my eight-year-old mind, whenever I was rejecting the notion of a lot of mainstream spirituality, I always thought of it as something separate from myself. Um, So even more recently, and especially whenever I was giving birth to Fox, um, that was a very incredibly spiritual moment. And I had never felt so much love in my whole life, not just for this little baby I had just pushed out, but for the whole world. It was incredible. And um, anyway, so so yeah, I, and especially just in the last few months, I was just telling Emily, my co-host on a podcast we just recorded, I don't, I no longer want the universe or my spiritual side to be something that's kind of to the side and something that's just for fun. I really want it to be a way that I live and lead my life. But again, I don't think that spirituality and being a badass or spirituality and humor or any of these things that were kind of like against the rules, I don't think that they're against the rules anymore. I think it's all one and the same. And I suppose um, I believe that that love wins and that all paths of good intention lead to good places. So I don't think that there's any wrong way to experience God or the universe or spirit or whatever you want to call it. Or maybe even if you believe in nothing but the goodness of humans, I think that there's some spirituality to that as well. So 
that's kind of where I stand on all of it right now. I'm exploring. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, it is a, a path of exploration, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so I remember you mentioned once on Being Boss that your husband is decidedly unspiritual and it made me laugh because my husband is very much the same. He's very logical and interested in what you can prove with science. So I'm curious, how do you navigate those differences? Like when you do something like go see an energy doctor, do you talk to him about that? What are those conversations like and how do you kind of, um, how do you talk about your spiritual beliefs with someone who maybe isn't exactly on the same page? Well, you know what's cool about it? Well, one, I should tell you this. I recently had a conversation with my husband. I was like, how do you feel about not being spiritual? And he's like, I'm spiritual. I just don't, I'm not at all religious and I don't necessarily believe in God. So it was kind of interesting. And I, I really need to dig into the conversation with him a little bit more about how he defines spirituality, but he's definitely open to just not knowing. And so I know that together, whenever we watch something like Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is just adorable. I love that man. Um, I think it, that kind of show really bridges the gap between what my husband believes in and what I believe in. And here's the deal. I also believe very much in science and logic and that a lot of things that even seem mystical can be explained with science. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't think that science and spirituality are mutually exclusive. In fact, the more I learn about science and the more I learn about, you know, astrophysics and the way that our universe works, the more spiritual I become because it's just so grand and so, uh, it's huge. It's huge. And to me that feels spiritual. So I was telling someone just the other day, the way that I think about God and even the word God, I was really uncomfortable with up until recently, I almost think of it as just this big hum. So in yoga, there's the om, right? And it almost feels like um, if there is a God, for me, it feels like a big hum that is just this almost big computer powering everything. And it's real neutral. Like it's not like this man in the sky deciding the fate of people you know it's just this big hum that kind of acts as this glue that connects all of us together anyway sorry that's really um I'm getting really esoteric here but um as far as navigating spirituality with me and my husband we just have open conversations about it and I feel really confident about what I believe and being curious about what I believe and he's just incredibly open-minded and um, and really confident in what he believes. And, and here's the deal is that I think he acknowledges that my truth is my truth. He's not rolling his eyes at me saying that's not real just because it's not real for him. He acknowledges that my spirituality is very real for me. So, I mean, it might be like embarrassing to me if tomorrow I was like, Hey, I'm going to go to church but, um, and that's only probably because of the culture in which we were both raised in Oklahoma with that being a negative, bad experience. So um, I did drag him to like the school of metaphysics for a while. And that was kind of funny. And he never made fun of it. Like he's just a really sweet guy. So I think that's part of it. And we're both just so confident in what we believe. There was one day I was having a really hard time 
Um, I was sleep deprived after a year of my son waking up every 45 minutes to nurse. And I was super sleep deprived and had kind of fallen into a um, state of depression. And I was crying and just real upset. My husband, we were texting back and forth and he goes, have you tried meditating? And, and he believes in meditation and clearing your mind and all of that. And I was like, I texted him back and I said, that's all bullshit. The universe is bullshit. <laughs> I don't believe in any of it anymore. It doesn't matter. And he was like, I'm coming home right now. So it wasn't like he was like, yes, you've joined the dark side. He was like legit concerned because my faith in the universe and in this kind of deeper spirituality is so strong that it was very shocking whenever I said I don't believe in it. So I do yeah. believe in it, but in that moment I was I was pretty desperate. Yeah, and I mean we're all going to have our crises of faith whatever that looks like sometimes. And I think that's really I really liked what you said about kind of finding that deeper sense of spirituality the more you learn about science because I think that even though um my husband and myself and probably you and your husband you know, we might express things differently. Like I like things to feel magical and mystical. That's just part of how I've always seen the world. If it, if, if it all comes back to our basic belief in goodness and interconnectedness, it's okay that we get there differently because we end up in the same place anyways, in a way. Ah, yeah, that's so true. I love he how just you doesn't said that. pull, he doesn't pull tarot cards to get there. And I do, but Exactly. No, and that's exactly right. So, I'm um, how does your husband, how do you guys navigate that? Um Yeah, I mean, in a much in the same way. I've never dragged him to um a school of <laughs> metaphysics yet, but hey, he's going to edit this podcast later and maybe it's coming. <laughs> uh but um, yeah, just really openly and honestly, like I have an altar in our kitchen and so he sees the collections of you know, crystals and tarot cards and twigs or whatever growing over there. And um, I just, you know, chat with him about what I'm exploring these days. And I think sometimes he, you know, sometimes he's curious and asks questions and sometimes he just clearly doesn't really see what value I'm getting in it. But he, but he can see that it's in, important to me. And so he's never kind of made me feel silly for it or um, made fun of me, but it's just it definitely doesn't um, make sense to him. Yeah, and I think that whenever it comes to stuff like that, like anything, like talking about money with creative entrepreneurs or um, spirituality or any anything, it's only as weird as you make it. So the more confident you are in your own faith, I think the less defensive you are about it, the less insecure you are about it, and the more confident other people around you, even if they don't believe in it, they at least believe that you're not going off the deep end or that your faith is um, not rooted in something grounded. So I think as long as you're grounded, you'll make everyone else around you feel really comfortable with whatever you believe in. Yeah, my friend Rebecca wrote in her book about how she used to exist in a spiritual closet. Like, you know, she just didn't talk to anyone about the books she was reading or the things that she was doing, and she felt like she was going to be really judged for it. And then I can kind of relate to that. Like, you know, up until a few years ago, I kind of explored all of this stuff in the privacy of my bedroom. But once I started um, opening up and talking to people about it, either they were just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's weird, but cool. Like, do you? Or they were like, oh, yeah, me too. Like, I totally have a tarot deck, and I'm totally reading that book as well. And it wasn't as weird as I thought it was going to be. Totally. You know, it's funny. Well, 
Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I feel totally comfortable with the kind of more magical side of things and tarot and crystals and exploring that. I think because it's so novel and out of grasp of what anyone around me has really explored or if they have explored it, like we're in the same boat. Right. But for me right now, I'm kind of curious about Christianity, not in a way that I want to be Christian, but I've started listening to, are you familiar with Rob Bell? Yeah. Okay. So I started listening to his podcast and he has, um, he's really open-minded and really, um, he really understands the context in which the Bible was written, like as a historical document. And so I'm really curious. I think the way that he teaches um, lessons about the Bible is really open-minded and interesting and not the kind of right-wing, rich, old Republican white man way of interpreting the Bible that I'm used to with like Fox News and just being in Oklahoma in general. Um, he's more all about love. And anyway, so I'm really exploring, like listening to his podcast and he's good friends with Pete Holmes, who is a comedian that I really like. And I really like his podcast too. So right now I'm kind of exploring these stories that have roots and tradition in the Bible, and that's what's really, that's like my closeted, I'm interested in learning more about this kind of thing that um, I feel kind of a little bit of embarrassment around, but it's just like tarot or anything else. And again, I, for me, I believe that all paths of spirituality, I mean, I, in some ways, I feel like I can just kind of like make up my own religion. And if it's taking little pieces from Buddha and a little pieces from Christianity and a little pieces from Wicca or witchcraft, like whatever. It's my own personal relationship with the universe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can totally relate to what you're saying about that almost sheepishness. I think because, yeah, what we see on Fox News about like the sense of what we get of, I don't even want to say of Christians because obviously that's way too generic, but of the dominant force of the church maybe doesn't feel very aligned necessarily with my beliefs about the universe sometimes. But then I started reading people like Megan Watterson and looking in a bit more into the Course of Miracles, which is based in Christianity. And yeah, having this curiosity and also seeing that when it's taught in ways that are different than what I've seen it taught before, it actually does align in a lot of ways with what I believe. Totally. Me too. So I'm really but, curious about it. I just did branding actually for a church and I said no to them a few times. I was like, I don't do church branding. You know, I just, yeah. I can't. But then they ended up being really, really rad people. Um, and, and it made me realize how closed-minded I had been. I, I closed my off, myself off to an entire sector of spirituality that I might have a lot of lessons to learn from. So um, I'm just kind of ready to strip the labels off of all of it, to explore all of it, and just see how much I can learn about being a human with what I feel is a soul, and how much I can kind of just be the best person I can be while I'm here. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And I love what you're saying about kind of picking what, what makes sense to you and what you can learn from it. Because I think we get so stuck on having to be like, we have to subscribe to one particular thing. And 
like you said before, there's like there's no rules about this saying we have to do that. This doesn't have to be against the rules to figure out what makes sense for us ourselves. Totally. Cool. So changing directions quite a bit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I could jam about this spiritual stuff all day long. It's so fascinating to me. Absolutely. So, yeah, so this is definitely in a different direction. And I know it's something that you've stepped back from now, but I'd love to talk about your foray into bodybuilding and what has your personal history with fitness been um, starting out? Oh, okay. So uh, I I had no idea you were going to go there. I like it though. And this is my second favorite topic of conversation. Um, So I grew up doing gymnastics and um, always doing sports, never very good at them, but I loved throwing myself into sports through um, elementary school and middle school. And then in college, I would hit the gym every once in a while, but it's just hard, I guess, especially back in my day in college, to really make time to hit the gym whenever I was so busy with school and partying and whatever, the whole college experience. But I would say once I graduated college and started working full time, I got a membership to the YMCA and I started doing things like kickboxing and um spin class and stuff like that. And then just in the last few years, I've really taken a step back from cardio and got really interested in weightlifting. Um, Instead of just working one muscle, being my heart, doing cardio, I decided to see what would happen if I worked all of my muscles. So whenever I was pregnant, I was like nine months pregnant and I stumbled across some bodybuilder Instagrams. And I became a little fascinated and obsessed. So I decided after I had the baby that I would become a bodybuilder. And so I went through a program and it was pretty intense. And I have people ask me all the time, like, oh, should I do that? And it's really hard to recommend it only because I was lifting weights six days a week. I was weighing my food. I was counting my macros. Um, I was really intrigued by the idea of competing um, in a bodybuilding competition, but ultimately I've realized that it's a lot of those bodybuilders end up ruining their metabolisms. They end up developing eating disorders and then basing my self-worth on what I looked like and asking someone else to judge me compared to other women, it just felt decidedly... um, not right for me. So again, that doesn't mean that it's not right for other people. But for me, I don't, I didn't need that in my life. And it was pretty intense. That said, I gained a lot of muscle and um, have, you know, changed my body. And so I still, I'm still into bodybuilding in, um, in like a more lifting weights kind of way, but I'm just not interested in competing. So that's kind of what I stepped back from. But since April, I discovered boxing, like I mentioned. And so, and really what had happened is at one point I was reading a lot of self-help and I was following this workout to a T that I was doing to build a lot of muscle and lose some fat. And um, I felt like I was preparing to live life and not actually living life. So... After that, I decided, you know what, instead of reading self-help on how to live my life, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to start reading fun novels. I'm going to start watching good movies. I'm going to start going out and having fun. Um, Instead of working out in the gym 
all day, I'm going to start doing things like going to yoga classes and climbing and boxing. I'm going to start using my muscles instead of just building my muscles. So um, I have been boxing, but I've been feeling with winter coming on. And I guess right now my husband is bulking, so he's putting on a lot of muscle. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that too. Um, but I'm so in love with boxing that I have a hard time finding time to lift weights. So I'm, I'm a little undecided right now on what I'm doing as far as fitness goes. But I'm just trying to have fun with it. I love what you said about using your muscles instead of just building them because I think that, like you're saying about stopping reading the self-help books, at least for now, I think that could apply to that as well. I've been thinking about how if we consume so much information, we're never really having a chance to implement it. And so rather than reading every self-help book in the world, if we just read one and then choose to apply it and like you said, go out and live our lives, that could actually be way more powerful than reading every single self-help book. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I would say for every book I read, and I always recommend this to creatives that I'm talking to, is to take one or two key takeaways, concepts, or actionable ideas and actually do them, implement them into your life, whether it's a theory that you start thinking about or an action that you start taking or a mantra that you develop into your everyday life. You actually do it and don't just read it. So yeah, that's huge. And I would say that I go in cycles for sure. I'll go in cycles of really needing a plan and a regimen and a kind of a information gathering phase and then kind of an implementing and doing phase. And it's just very cyclical and acknowledging that there is a cycle is, um, it's good for me. And so what did you learn about yourself from the experience of getting into bodybuilding? Um, I mean, I guess, okay, so I was, whenever I was getting into bodybuilding, I was following all these bodybuilders on Instagram and they were always talking about like, you have to know your why. You have to know why you're doing what you're doing. And for me, I was like, oh my God, I don't know what my why is. I just want to look really good naked. So, um, my initial motivation was like pure vanity and pretty uh, physical. And I just wanted to kind of test the limits of my body. But whenever I really started thinking about my why and why I was doing it, I think that there's this element of discipline and doing the work every day, even whenever you don't necessarily want to and knowing that small steps can end up making big changes was really, I think it was good for me. And Um, I think that I also learned kind of what I don't want, which is to develop an eating disorder or to place too much of my self-worth on my body um, and just, again, start using my muscles instead of just building them. So, I mean, it wasn't like a huge, profound discovery. It was just another thing I was trying out, really. I think that's awesome, though, because you you saw something that you found really inspiring, and even though it's not something you're pursuing right now. It sounds like you really gave it your all and and went in for all of it while you're trying it. Um, And I know you mentioned that you are not reading self-help books right now, but when it comes to your personal development, is there any book that stands out as having had the biggest impact on you? Oh man, I'm totally reading self-help again, but I did go through a phase of reading some novels. (laughs) But, um... Um, yeah, I mean, the ones that I've read most recently, I mean, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown was a 
big game changer in my life. And then I most recently read her follow-up book, Rising Strong, and was able to interview her on my podcast about that a little bit. And then also um, I read Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. That was pretty amazing. And it really talked about creative process and writing. And then right now I'm reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and it's rocking my world in a major way. Talk about spirituality and creativity and really blending the two. Um, I'm really enjoying that one. I'm trying to think of what else I've read. Yeah, that's about, those are some big ones that I've read right now that have made an impact. I really enjoyed um, also reading whenever people ask me like business books to read, I always say Daring Greatly and then Rework by the guys who did 37 Signals and Basecamp. Um, I was recently able to interview David Heinemeyer Hansen on my podcast as well. And um, Heinemeyer Hansen, sorry, I had to fix that. Anyway, I was able to interview him as well. And he wrote an amazing book just on kind of starting a business and being lean with it and not really... Um, it's, it's incredible. So read that. (laughs) Awesome. I'll link to all of those on the show notes for sure. Um, so as you know, I did do some crowdsourcing for questions from the Being Boss Facebook page because it just felt appropriate. And Nicole wanted to know how you balance the kind of the quirkiness of who you are with finding high paying clients for your business. Do you ever, has that ever been a struggle? Are there parts of yourself you have to hold back? Okay, here's the deal. Just like I was saying, um, being a badass boss and being spiritual are not mutually exclusive. I don't think that being your unique, quirky self and um, attracting high-paying clients are mutually exclusive. In fact, I probably got more high-paying clients once I started really being my true self than whenever I was... Oh, I mean, I was never trying to be buttoned up by any means... Um, But I think that as long as your unique quirky self is professional in the way that you handle your processes and in the way that you reassure your clients to let them know that you're going to get the job done and that you're going to be reliable, by all means, let your freak flag fly. And what I mean by that is just using words that you actually use. You don't have to turn into a business robot just because you're in business for yourself. Um, You can use words that you actually use. You can wear your hair any way you like. You can wear whatever clothes you want. Um, I think just being honest to yourself I mean, I I guess like what I would ask to Nicole is like, what in your mind does a business person look like and how can you start to redefine what that looks like for yourself? Um, You get to make the rules in your own business. So yeah, don't, you don't have to conform to anything to make a good impression. I think that's really good advice. And I don't know, in my experience, if you're the more yourself you are, the more of the kind of quote unquote right clients that you'll attract. Because I remember when I tried, when I first started freelancing as a writer, uh, before I started working on the business that I have now, I thought that I had to kind of take on certain clients and have a certain type of website and all of those kind of things. I ended up doing work that I hated and it was so boring and it was worse than the nine to five job I'd had before. And it kind of sucked the life out of me for a little bit. Mm hmm. Now that I'm now that I'm myself in business, it's a lot more fun. Totally. I mean, if you can't be yourself working for yourself, what's the point? Yeah, amen. <laughs> amen. 
<laughs> we had to get one uh, in. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. So what are you working on learning or, uh, or implementing these days when it comes to your own personal development? Um, sorry, can you ask that one more time? You're breaking up a little. What are you working on learning or implementing these days when it comes to your own personal development? Um, I think the conversation that we were having around spirituality, I'm really trying to figure out a way to um, have more faith in my own business and in my own trajectory. And for me, a lot of that means understanding or practicing patience. Um, I'm definitely one of those people that just wants to be there right now, but I don't even know where there is. So right now I'm really focusing on the process and making sure that I'm doing things, um, where I'm enjoying the process along the way. And I think for me, um, integrating that kind of spirituality into my life is huge as far as, um, being just the kind of person I want to be in work and life. So that's all been huge for me. And um, I'm really focusing on, like, a lot of my energy is around the Being Boss podcast. So I'm really focusing my energy with Emily on how we can continue to have more boss vacations um, and how we can continue to grow the podcast in a sustainable way while also kind of having, quote, unquote, our day jobs which are jobs that we've made. We're, we're the bosses of those jobs too, but they're definitely sustainable and kind of running themselves at this point. So, I mean, that's the stuff that I'm working on, but personal development wise, like I guess I'm in a phase where I'm really working on um, my spirit and then also always working on being uh, the, the mom thing. So I'm new to it. My son is almost two, but I'm still trying to figure out how to balance that, balance work and life there. Um, I went through kind of a dark phase after probably between whenever my son was around four months up until a year and a half, or really up until recently, um, we were both very sleep deprived. And so kind of coming out of that darkness a little bit has been a challenge, but also a challenge that I'm willing to take on and grab by the horns. So I've been working on that as well. So, yeah. Are there any like rituals or practices that have you found have helped you either navigate or kind of move through that darkness? Um, well, let's see. I have found that laughter is the best medicine. So one of my rituals is listening to um, podcasts by comedians. And I listened to a Jenny Slate interview on Pete Holmes podcast you made it weird and it just it made me laugh and the way that she moves through life I was like I need a little bit more of that so I've been looking to role models in comedians which is funny because I know that a lot of comedians lead kind of sad or dark lives whenever they're not on stage but um that's been huge and then also I'm just laughing more, being intentional about that. And then I also decided to recently get a therapist. And I do have a, a executive coach that I talk to. And he's also incredibly spiritual, too. Um, so I, I started seeing a therapist. And that's been helpful just as far as processing what my life is like right now. Um, 
the other rituals that I have, I suppose I used to blog a whole lot and, and a lot of the stuff that I'm writing now isn't ready for public consumption, but writing a lot has been huge. And I would love to start journaling more, um, even in a more personal, like pen to paper kind of way. But, um, that's about it. And, and I guess rituals, as far as my workouts are very meditative for me, um, so I try and make time to do that every day. I, I wish I was meditating more. I wish I had my altar and my tarot cards and those things more accessible and handy and a part of my daily life. Um, I'm just not there yet <laughs> as far as like taking the time to actually do those things. I well, also and you're love a new more. mom, so I think that's pretty understandable. <laughs> exactly. It makes sense One thing that, that I our, our self care doing... practices. Oh, sorry. What was it makes... that? Oh no, sir. It just makes care. It makes sense that our routines fluctuate and are kind of fluid as our lives are changing and going through different seasons. Oh yeah, totally. One other um, self care practice that I wanted to mention that I like doing as a routine is yoga nidra. So I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's kind of like um. It's not quite meditation. It's more of a relaxation exercise. And and it's a guided almost meditation where you're listening to it in your headphones or on speakers, whatever. And it just directs you through all of your body and one little body part at a time. And it is so relaxing. So I like doing that at night before I go to bed to help shut my mind off. So that's been a big one that I like doing. I haven't tried no yoga nidra yet, but I know a couple of people who teach it in their yoga classes. So I really do need to kind of either download some sort of guided uh, session or go to a class. Yeah, I would totally download it because I feel like the times I've done it in class, I fall asleep and then I wake up an hour <laughs> later and I'm like, wow, I just paid 20 bucks for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got to walk home and not be in bed. Yeah. So... <laughs> So you talked a bit about um, what's going on with Being Boss, but what other projects are you working on and how can people work with you if they feel drawn to? Yeah, so um, Braid Creative and Consulting is my main jam and I run that with my sister. And what we do is business visioning and brand platforms for creative entrepreneurs. So that includes things like kind of coaching and consulting through what it is that you want to be doing, how you want to get paid for it. But then also, how do you target your dream customer? How do you embrace your expertise? And getting words around that. So we do copywriting and then um, getting a look and feel. So graphic design, a logo, um, kind of figuring out what that that aspect of your brand looks like. So that's what I do. I do that one-on-one, -on -one, but we also have a Braid Method branding e-course so if you go to braidcreative.com slash e-course, um, it is a self-guided DIY branding e-course. And we put so much heart and passion in ourselves into that. Um, and it's fun, too, because through that, we're doing these quarterly masterclasses over Crowdcast, which are really fun to do. Um, and so and Tara and I have started doing more and more um, web, what do you call it? Not webisodes, webinars 
Um, so if you sign up for our newsletter, we'll keep you updated there. And I love writing my newsletter. It's kind of like a behind the scenes blog post. Um, it's not just a here, here's my blog post. It's, I really like to dig in deep on our newsletter and ask people questions and actually get replies from them. So, um, I really enjoy doing that and putting a lot of attention there. So that's, that's pretty much it. Amazing. And so we'll make sure to stick all of those uh, links in the notes as well. And one thing that I like to ask every guest, and it could be anything, you know, a song, a food, uh, a self-care practice, um, something that we could all try. What's something that you're obsessed with these days that's making your life better? Hmm. Let me think about this for a second. Something I'm obsessed with that's making my life better. I mean, there are so many things. One, you mentioned eating chocolate while you're watching Netflix. I really, my favorite chocolate right now, the brand is called Theo, and the 85% dark is so good. Um, I'm also really obsessed with LaCroix sparkling water. That's like a big, a big thing of mine is staying hydrated. So, um, everyone try some LaCroix and, uh, (laughs) boxing. If you've never been in like an old school boxing gym, I encourage everyone to try it out. It is so much fun. Okay. So that'll be our challenge of the week is to try and find an old school boxing club in our area and just give it a go. (laughs) Do it. Let me know how it goes for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So as we wrap up, where can we find you online? So I am at lovebeingboss.com is where my podcast is. My website is braidcreative.com. I'm on Instagram at andkathleen. Um, I'm also on Instagram at braidcreative. Uh, I'm on Facebook. We have a huge Facebook group for our Being Boss listeners. So you can find us there. And where else am I? I think that's about it. I, I do have a personal blog. Um, I don't update it very often anymore, but that's at annkathleen.com. You can see some of my adventures from back in the day there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen. This has been incredible. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I hope um, I hope it was good for you. <laughs> Kathleen and her co-host Emily were part of my inspiration for starting a podcast in the first place, so it was so wonderful to get to sit down and chat with her. I love how Kathleen shows that what we might think of as our contradictions aren't necessarily contradictions in the first place, and they might be our greatest strengths, because they're what make us unique. Instead of trying to fit into someone else's box, what can you do to be even more you today? You can find the show notes for this episode at sarahstars.com slash podcast slash 15. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. If you've enjoyed it, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can write anything you want in the review section, so why not let me know what you're obsessed with right now or who you'd like me to interview next? This support will really help me to make exciting things happen with this podcast, and I'd appreciate it so much. There are still a few tickets left for the Punk Rock Urban Retreat that I'm co-hosting with Melanie Murphy on Saturday, 21st November. I've created these events as an antidote to the stress, disconnection, and inner turmoil that many of us experience on a daily basis. Through wild movement, deep connections, sacred stillness, 
and personal growth, we'll shake off what's been holding us back and make space for our desires. Go to sarahstars.com slash events for all of the details and to book your place. Next week, I'm interviewing Aurora Lady. I'm lucky to count Aurora among my real-life friends. After connecting online, we finally got to meet up in person when she was in London last month. Aurora is an art-making feminasty. She's been creating her girl-centric art and zines since she put on her first pair of combat boots in the 90s. Her world is dripping with glitter and angry knuckle tattoos, and we're sitting down to chat about how to actively integrate your ethics and beliefs into what you create, whether that's your art, your business, or a trip to the grocery store. Aurora is a master of infusing her values into every area of her life and designing her day-to-day to match her daydreams. I can't wait for you to meet her. Until next time, do something to get your shit together and create a life you love.